You're listening to the Build Assets Online Podcast. Learn how you You. can build a diverse and sustainable income online from two brothers who actually do it. Now, here are your hosts, Mike and Joe. What's going on, everyone? Joe and Mike back again, buildassetsonline.com. As usual today, we're coming back at you with another fantastic episode. We're going to be talking about the best high-ticket drops, well, the best and worst traffic sources for high-ticket dropshipping all up in your eardrums today. Mike, good morning to you. How's it going today? I'm doing good. This ASMR video today? I'm thinking more like a Kiss FM smooth jazz. Uh, yes. <laughs> We're waking you up the right way. 99.9 BAO radio. <laughs> so, Mike, I noticed that immediately we have on the screen this weird thing, Find It Quick plus Shopify. You you created this list this morning of all the traffic sources we've tried for high-ticket dropshipping. And when you wrote Find It Quick, I have to admit, I almost forgot that we ever tried this. And, you know, kind of as usual... Uh, when we'd make these streams, a bit of a trip down memory lane, which, uh, you know, nostalgia is a great thing in the morning. So. (laughs) Yeah. And that's kind of my idea behind making this uh, video topic was, you know, we get a lot of questions from students and really, I mean, I think what's given us authority to be where we're at now is just all the things that we've screwed up on over the last five years. So I like, um, you know, going through memory lane and showing people all the stupid things we've done. I think it helps people just see really um, sometimes there's a long road to success. Sometimes there's a short road and people, you know, that work with us, that get to see these videos they should be happy that you know we're we're helping shortcut their their journey just uh even if it's by a little bit so we've tried all these things over the last several years and just as a a little hint for you guys the number one is not going to be google ads so this is not going to be some you know conventional video where we talk about the same things over and over uh i think there's going to be a lot of things here that's we haven't talked about that's great. That's great. So what is find it quick? Can you explain what this is? Cause to be honest, I don't really remember how this worked. I remember that when we first started our first high ticket dropshipping store, it was an app on the Shopify app store and we installed it. And then all of a sudden I'm getting phone calls from, from these people. Uh, that's all I remember. They're calling yeah. me. They're like, Hey, this is, this is Jim from find it quick. Um, can we help you this, this, and this? And now I look today and they're out of business. So what what was this? Was it effective? I don't really remember. I really don't know how we wound up with this app on our Shopify store. But, you know, when you're uh, trying to figure out the way, I mean, we, we tried a lot of things, Joe. We really looked through all the cracks and the crevices of forums. Of but what just, is this? But what is this app? I'm going to get to it. I'm okay. going to get to it. We looked in app stores and however I found, I don't know, maybe I was looking in the Shopify app store and I saw that this was there and it promised to get you targeted visitors to your website. 
And so in a nutshell, what I think it was, was they would have their own network. Uh, maybe they'd have an email list or whatever it was that they had. And they, you know, you would upload your products to find it quick through the app. And then they would promote your products um, intermittently. They do like, you know, like a, send out like an email blast with like your products and like a catalog or, you know, do all sorts of things. And so, yeah, I would see these go out weekly. Maybe it would like, you know, show our products here and there. I'd be like, wow, this is great. We're going to, people are going to find our products. They're going to buy them. And they would call us maybe weekly, maybe monthly. And what they would try to do is um, upgrade us to like one of their boosted packages. So they would promise like more exposure. Uh, obviously, it came with a fee. And so that was really their model. But I think at the end of the day, we got absolutely nothing out of it, Joe. You know, Mike, thinking back on it, we might have got one sale, one lifetime sale from Find It Quick. Did we ever pay for the uh, the booster? No, I don't think we ever got the booster. Mm. Okay. So that this is going to be definitely the bottom of the list, worst of the worst. And anytime you see someone promising to like drive targeted visitors to your store, you know, I'm sure you can go on Fiverr and like Warrior Forum and stuff and get this this type of uh, idea too. Just just run away because I don't know if I even need to explain myself on that. Yes, just... it, I, think, I think the key message here is it's very difficult to drive, you know, into in today's modern day age of the Internet. <clears throat> I guess this is almost unfortunate, but it's impossible to drive targeted traffic without the uh, the big names, without Google that the big social media companies, I think Google, obviously, as we talk about, is the most targeted when it comes to um, buying intent for high-ticket dropshipping. But, yeah, don't let anyone ever promise you targeted and high-quality traffic because they obviously, most of the time, they don't have it. Well, the one caveat I would say is if it's like a um, an actual well-known person's email list or something that's in your demographic or in your in your space, you know, obviously, if they're like a big name, a big company in your space – you know, if you have a barbecue website and you convince barbecue guys to send out a, an email blast for you, then that I would say that's probably targeted. But uh, yeah, it's the the thing is with that. Maybe we'll get around to this. It's not reliable. No, and I think that's really that's the big point in all of this. Like that was that was really one of the main takeaways was you need a traffic source that's going to be just able to withstand the test of time it doesn't matter if you can get a million visitors to your website in one you know one email blast one promotion whatever because in three days all that traffic is going to be gone and then what like you can't run a business like that a business cannot be built on spikes of heavy sales and traffic and then down to nothing you need re repetition you need consistency and then you need slow scalability all right, excellent. Moving on here, we got um, what do we got next? We got uh, Pinterest mass pinning. You know, you skipped. No, I didn't skip anything. Oh yeah, I did. I, I skipped something. Me too. All right. Well, let's. We have Facebook groups now. Of course, we've talked about this before, and um, 
for those for those who regularly tune into the stream, you don't have to. Uh, you already know my opinion on Facebook all around. Terrible company for the world. Terrible company for your sales. Just just terrible all around. Um, I hate giving them business, but we've tried it. We've done it. We still do it to some extent. But in this case, we're talking about Facebook groups. Um, so we're talking about free traffic here. So going into the groups, say you know you were selling a sewing machine, going into all the sewing groups, and uh, posting stuff to get people on your email list to eventually buy a sewing machine. I think it's I think it's tough. I think it's a tough sell. I don't think it's reliable. I don't think it's consistent. What do you think? Absolutely, and that's really again what I touched on. It has to be repeatable. It has to be consistent. And uh, yeah, this goes back to some of the worst advice we've ever gotten that we've ever paid for, uh, where, you know, we were struggling on our traffic, struggling on our sales with dropshipping. And we had some guy basically tell us, you know, go into a bunch of Facebook groups, grind it out, offer, you know, free beers to the moderators and, uh, you know, post in a bunch of buy and sell groups and stuff like that. And uh, like I said, I think this is, you know, I always say... Every time we paid for, whether it was a course, whether it was coaching, we've always learned something from it. Um, that piece of advice, I'd say, had absolutely no value. So, what were you going to say? Um, you sucked in some wind I, there. I guess I was. <laughs> I guess I was just thinking about how Facebook is so. Uh... They're trying to get you to be engaged. They're trying to get you to to stay on the platform. And when you're trying to get people off of the platform, they don't like that because yeah. it's less advertising revenue for them because you know they you know basically want people to see as many ads as possible. And so when you're dealing with something like that, whereas something like advertising on Google, they get paid like you know they don't really it's I feel like there's there's more of an incentive for Google to give you good traffic than than facebook yeah and um i remember one time we were we were i don't know if you were i was watching a video from income school talking about like using facebook groups for like their blogs like that used, that used to be a big thing back in the day people would post their blog posts they would have like a facebook group for their website whatever and you know it was kind of like an email list yeah, yeah you had all the community and the group whatever you post and he was saying you know they would get like a million plus visitors from their Facebook group a month and then Facebook just kind of shut them down because they're trying to keep Facebook visitors inside Facebook and it completely killed that side of their uh you know their business so it's not something you could you could ever really rely on if you're paying Facebook that's one thing but if you're not paying them uh even then yeah, they, you know what you know what's funny even if you're paying them i still feel like it's not ideal because like I'm just thinking, yes. if you click a Facebook ad on your phone, what happens? It opens the thing in the terrible little Facebook browser. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like even conducive to them going off of Facebook to your website and then being uh, interacting with your website. It's more like, oh, let's get them to click, and then you know Facebook wants them back. Well, yeah, but we we have Facebook ads on different. It, we have ads separated in the list here. So I think it's it's a, still right, a little sure, bit sure, sure. But even when you quality. even when you click from a group, it's even worse because they have even less incentive. Facebook again has 
even less incentive than the ads to, to give you good yeah. traffic. So you think Mark Zuckerberg is just going to let you walk out the door for nothing? <laughs> Hell no. But one caveat, we actually use Facebook groups for the land business and it works pretty okay. Um, but again, it's not like not, we're not building our whole business around that. And it's, it's different. Yeah. It's, it's also, like it's also one-off sales of unique items. Yeah. Which it's think. totally different because it's like, you know, underpriced, you know, if you go into a Facebook group and you're selling water to kids in the Congo, like, yeah, you could probably get some sales off that, but yeah. we're, we're drop shipping here. We're competing on price. Basically everyone is selling at the same price. Like you're not giving some super crazy deal that everyone is just going to snatch up. So you need to be aware of where you're at in the buyer funnel. You need to be aware of where you're at on the, um, you know, the supply and demand curve. So let's, let's move on. All right. So next we have two items from uh, Pinterest, which is kind of funny because uh, for one of our stores, really our main store at this point, I just saw we got an email from some Pinterest. Uh, it looks like a Pinterest ad representative. And she's basically saying, I know you guys can do great on Pinterest. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's schedule a call. And this is the kind of stuff I hate, you know, with the nice email signature and it's all polished. Like, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see any of it. But uh, nonetheless, we've tried getting traffic from Pinterest in multiple ways for high ticket dropshipping. We've tried mass pinning, you know, base, you know, Pinterest is, can be very, very good if you're in a certain type of uh, niche, if you're doing recipes, if you're doing crafts. Certain things can do very, very well on Pinterest. In what case? Not for not really. What are you defining as well? I'm saying you can get a lot of traffic. So, because I like recipe bloggers can build a lot, a lot of blog traffic from Pinterest and make a lot of money from ad revenue. You know, I, I'm sure the same with. Well, I wanted to ask you about that mm -hmm. because my understanding of it was, and yeah, I think Pinterest has been something we put probably the most energy into with the least out of it across all fronts in our businesses, whether it was Kindle, whether it was blogging, whether it was dropshipping, but we put a lot of effort into dropshipping. We hired people off Upwork. We would do talks with Pinterest to like get our feed into the Pinterest thing. So we could do the ads or they have like a Shopify Pinterest uh, marketing channel. Like it all sucked. It was all just clunky, barely worked. And the problem with Pinterest is these users are so low intent. It's like – it's not like on Facebook where Facebook is just like manipulating you not to leave. The people on Pinterest don't want to leave. They're there to, you know, oh, this looks nice. Put this in this board, this in this board. Well, like to be fair to Pinterest, I do feel like they're a lot more generous with traffic than Facebook. But yes. it depends on what the user is doing at that time. I would say, you know, a lot of the, a lot of them are kind of looking for inspiration and not shopping. They say, you know, Pinterest says people are shopping on the platform and maybe in some instances that's true, but in a lot of, they're not there to shop per se. Like, like when some back to back, cause it always comes back to the search engine. Again, when someone types in uh, buy sewing machine on Google, they're there to buy that sewing machine. If someone is interested in sewing on Pinterest, uh, they're not necessarily, that's not their first place to go when they're looking for the next sewing machine they're going to buy. They're going there, they're looking for 
patterns and sewing tips and their you know things they can crochet and they're making their board so again the intent is lower i feel if you want to take advantage of the intent on pinterest i think you have to have a very long-term strategy the right niche building your building an email list building a fan base i think all those things tie in and you could do well with it but for drop shipping i don't i don't see it i don't think it's there sorry yeah what i meant to say was um you can get a lot of traffic off Pinterest. People will, yeah, people will come off Pinterest onto your website, but it's generally going to be pretty low buying intent traffic. Cause yeah, Joe, they're looking for inspiration. Inspiration is like above the top of the funnel. They they don't even know what they what they what they think they might want. Yeah, be, they just need to be inspired. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> so and uh, yeah, so that's what I was gonna say. Like when we tried doing Pinterest for our some of our blogs. Like we would get traffic, right? But wouldn't the ad revenue be pretty bad because of the lack of intent? Um, I don't think we ever got enough traffic to say like it, it, it did anything meaningful. And so these like recipe bloggers, a lot of, a lot of people do get traffic off Pinterest. Um, do you think they're actually getting good RPMs, meaning – revenue per thousand yeah, visitors yeah, I, I, I don't from think... Pinterest traffic or is it helping the Google algorithm to get more Google traffic in? No, I think they're doing well with Pinterest traffic. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> just, yeah. You have to have, I mean, you got to have the right thing. Like you got to, to really shine on Pinterest. I feel like you, you got to be taking your own photos. You get like, there's a lot that has to happen to, to master that platform. And if you're trying to do high ticket dropshipping, there's just way too many other uh, things to, to do. Yes, sir. And even if you are, I just don't see it being consistent. It's never been consistent for us over a long period of time. Yeah. You know, I, We've had situations on our sites where we've gotten spikes of traffic from Pinterest, but it's just, a, it's a battle to, to number one, keep the traffic going. And again, the, the, the intent Given given the battle you have to engage in, and the low intent, it doesn't the juice is not worth the squeeze, so they say. Yeah, and we've tried ads. The ad platform sucks. I really I really put a good try in it for Kindle, um, because yeah, like traffic is important with Kindle especially, um, and it's it's like low price. You're even free. You know, it, it Kindle is made for Pinterest. I think it's they fit well together, but. Just never really uh, worked out in the capacity that uh, I thought it would. Can we go off on a little tangent here? Because I have a thought, and maybe this this thought can garner a whole another episode. But I want to get it out there and, and see what you think. Um, so we've been doing this five years, six years at this point, and I feel like what we've done. I've actually had someone when I described what we do to to, to someone, uh, he said this back to me he was like pretty he was like an acquisition he was like into acquisitions and stuff i don't know if you ever met this person he was friends with the anyway it doesn't matter but anyway he basically said okay oh, Sammy? yes 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 he, what he basically said was okay so you guys are going after all the low-hanging fruit across multiple industries and since we've started doing business online especially with dropshipping, I feel like that's exactly how we've gone about it. 
that's why we've made so many stores. That's why we've made um, so many different websites and, and done so many different things because the low hanging fruit is, is the easiest to get. Like, like if you start a new dropshipping store, you go from zero to a hundred thousand, that fruit is all, you can reach up and grab it, but you need a ladder to get higher and higher on the tree. If you want to grab the rest of the fruit. Yeah. And you need some nourishment before you're going to build the ladder. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. People you- on the bottom looking up they they come up that's why i hate like shark tank and like all these stupid businesses like that it's because you have these people that really have no business experience trying to come up with this whole elaborate business scheme to do to just do it all and just you know what what's the stupid word disrupt and you know come up with this whole new thing when i really don't think most people have the skills to just do that from scratch. Like you talk to any successful business owner, they'll tell you about how many times they failed doing stuff because every time you fail, you actually learn what, what doesn't work. And sometimes you find out what works. So the, the lowest hanging fruit approach, I mean, that's how we did it with drop shipping, right? We kind of made a bunch of stores cause that was just like the, you know, getting suppliers, getting traffic to the suppliers with Google ads. Like that was like the easiest thing to do. Or with with blogging, with like the KGR stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that with this low-hanging fruit approach, it's good up until a certain point to where it becomes unsustainable. Not that you can't do it and live a nice lifestyle with it, but it reaches a point where if you want to have a really big exit, an an exit that's five, ten million dollars and beyond, you gotta you gotta you gotta take over the whole tree. You got to have a ladder that's yes. climbing the whole tree. Everything has to be spot on. Uh, everything has to be organized, you know, rather than you just jumping around from from thing to thing. And so I feel like uh, a lot of where we're at now is trying to transition from picking all the, the easy fruit to getting all the way to the top of the tree. Yeah, exactly. And I love that you brought this up because this is – it's super important, right? Like I think even a lot of our earlier videos were kind of um... – encouraging just the the low hanging fruit bottom of the funnel approach. And I mean, I, without, without that, we wouldn't, you know, be where we are now, but yeah, if you want to get to like really, really big numbers, I mean, most people starting out, you know, they want to make $5,000 a month, $10,000 a month. And that's, that's great. You can live off that. Um, you could, you can, you can have a nice lifestyle off that, but the really big exits come from when you, yeah, you can dominate the entire industry. So after you're able to go after a bunch of low hanging fruits, kind of see what works, see what you like, uh, fail at a couple things, uh, you can figure out, okay, this is actually what we need to do. This is how we have to execute to really work up the buyer funnel and create this, uh, you know, enormous thing in the industry. But you can't just do that. Like, be like, oh, I'm going to just invent this thing. I'm going to manufacture it. I'm going to do Instagram. Like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. And we could do a whole nother episode talking about this because it's we will. it's more in depth than than you think. And I feel <clears> like <throat> the transition process from going from the low hanging fruit to the high fruit is that's a whole battle in itself when you have so many so many orchards that you've set up <laughs> and you're trying to, to Yeah, we can call it, it like uh like five small dropshipping stores versus one big dropshipping store or something. That's something we get all that's a question we get all the time. Yeah, 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 it is. And so you just mentioned Instagram. 
let's use that as the other form instagram of... have we actually tried instagram as a form of dropshipping traffic i feel like we have not well um ads we've done maybe we've had facebook ads um, that kind of like yeah they show on instagram yeah. too yeah and we've done um some basic posting and you know we've even um tried out the the new types of video formats right with uh like the tiktok imitation that they're doing now yeah i don't know much about that uh but you you're, well, i'll you're, tell you about it yeah we've tried i mean yeah i think this is more of a recent thing right yeah so i mean we've we've um done some things and like we've had we've had some videos get uh like thousands and thousands of views with literally zero noticeable difference in like our traffic or like particular interest in uh products yeah and that's really really what i hate about it that's what i hate i i can't yeah i know exactly what you're talking about now and yeah i just find that to be ridiculous like you have to work so hard to create this thing on instagram and you're like oh my god look at my engagement but it's all fake it just means nothing for you it's just empty it's not putting any yeah. money in your pocket it's not giving you any long-term wealth or happiness it's just this short hit of uh something yeah it's not it's not the right thing to get a hit of it's like you know you have a store in the mall people come into your store they walk around they look you know pick up stuff put it down then they walk out and then you go and you brag to the other guy you know another another mall uh store owner you're like look at look at all the people coming into my store it's like (laughs) all right who cares you're about to go bankrupt because no one's buying anything (laughs) yeah you know what's funny so yeah you just brought up an image in my head and i think about well first of all two things when i used to buy a kiosk at the mall (laughs) no but i like i used to love going to the mall and going into uh what is it like sharper image or something and then just using yeah, yeah. using the massage chair and then leaving <laughs> and i would just do that every every time i would go to the mall yeah sharper image is like wow look at all our engagement yeah but that's going in the massage chair but then you go and everyone in sharper you have people sometimes lying up to go in the massage chairs people trying out the different like you know the cool thing it's a pretty cool store but i feel like everyone was just going in there and not buying anything then they have yeah. all this engagement and then you might have like a a boutique type of store where all they need to get is one they don't they don't have a lot of people coming in but they maybe they got a few people checking it out a day one person buys and they're they're good cuz it's a high ticket item rather than you know this the, not that that the not that the massage chairs are cheap but i just don't think they're moving a lot of massage chairs out of there they're mostly getting people engaged and selling cheap stuff at a sharper image yeah yeah so i mean um, it's not that you can't build, uh, like a good brand and a good following off Instagram. Obviously you can, people get paid just for their Instagrams, but for, again, for drop shipping, for products you don't own, you know, you know, you're not trying to spend uh five year plan to grow your Instagram and, and hire a social media manager and do all this stupid stuff. It's just not something that's gonna be worth your time at all. There's so many other things you could, you could work on. And we tried. We yeah. tried, and and you know maybe I, I would probably put TikTok in this as well, and maybe that's the boomer in me saying that, um, because like I said, I think people do well off of TikTok, but I don't think uh, 
I think the, the, the quality of content you need to put out for like a high ticket dropshipping product would be a little bit, uh, you know, well, Mike, let, me, let, me, let me ask you a question. Cause this, this is an interesting, uh, thing to think about. I just Googled demographic of TikTok, and it seems like the majority of the users are, so this, this would be, um, 32 plus this is like over 60% of the users are ages 10 to 29. And then I want to look up, um, like, cause I'm pretty sure that in terms of like wealth, that age group, 10 to 29, I mean, obviously if you're 10, yeah, they have no money. They got student loans. Like they're not in a good financial position. So why am I going to spend my time on a platform working again people do well i'm sure maybe it's because we're boomers but i want i want the i want to or i want to market to the people with a lot of money well joe actually you know i don't like to talk in definites here because i don't i don't know what goes on on the the other end but like i've seen i've spent a lot of time on tiktok indirectly and uh yeah a lot of the traffic is just like broke zoomers but tiktok is is huge and the difference is, you know, something that's relevant to a particular person, like TikTok will show that organically to that person because that's how just their their algorithm works, you know, for free. Yeah. But so, for example, uh, there was this channel that this guy was selling like RVs. Yeah. And so he would like show, you know, this new RV got and it was like pretty sick. Like his, the, these RVs would be pretty sick. Yeah. And they would get hundreds of thousands of views and i'm pretty sure he would sell them pretty quickly okay. um but and you know there's a couple of people that i know that do land that do really well off tiktok like they get a lot of views i'm pretty sure they sell well through tiktok um but again all right disregard everything i said here i don't know what i'm talking about tiktok is tricky but again high ticket drop shipping you don't it's not a one-off product it's not an rv it's not a plot of land uh you don't have it. You don't have it on hand. You're competing on price. Like just, just do something else. Yeah. So if you, was, was, it, was, was this guy making custom RVs out of curiosity? Well, I think RVs are always custom to some degree, you know, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel like when you have a highly, like something that's really cool, that could be like, yeah, viral. then it could go, it could go viral. Yeah. Like, cause yeah, he was showing like these sick, sick RVs. Like they had these cool beds and you know, yeah. So there, there are wealthy people on tiktok you know that would be into that type of thing and like tiktok is really good at algorithming those people so they would see that and then they would you know make something happen i mean people buy stuff off tiktok but again it's if you, high ticket drop shipping we're talking here traffic sources and this is why people go wrong because they're looking at tiktok and they say oh wow look this guy is selling all these rvs like he this must be good but for for high ticket drop shipping it is not going to be worth your time yeah, I, I feel like when you have something that's a one-off or a two-off and you can you can have that mass reach and then you're going to hit one person that says, oh, wow, this is really cool. I have a lot of money. Let me buy this. Then, yeah, you, uh, the, a viral-type social platform is going to be worth it in that regard. But yeah. when you're selling a bunch of the same things over and over and over again, um, it's it's a bit different. So, yeah, I, can, I think I uh, – I think I understand it now. Yeah. You have like a lot of Amazon stuff that does well on TikTok. Like people, you know, cause it's like high quality media. People are like, oh, look at this cool thing I found on Amazon. And like a lot of it is kind of cool because if it, 
it's if I'm seeing it, then it's kind of going viral, right? Yeah. So it probably will lead to a big spike in sales. But yeah. you know, what's gonna happen when you get the big spike in sales, you sell out. Now the TikTok, you know, the TikTokers have gone and you get all this new inventory in, and it's like you don't have that same level of repeatable traffic anymore. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't know. We it's... can get off this subject. Yeah, it's an interesting discussion. I feel like I'm a deputy. You can bring on like... Zoomer and do a whole episode on TikTok and see. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm a Debbie Downer today. I just want to say things like negative against all this kind of stuff. Well, we're at the bottom of the barrel right now. We're working up. All right. I just hate that. I, uh, I wish the cell phone was never invented. The internet yeah. was so great before it became mobile. Anyway. Google Display. Revolution. <laughs> he knew it was going to happen. He he did nothing to stop it. <laughs> Google Display Ad Network. What what the hell is the Google Display Ad Network? <laughs> you think I know what a JPEG is? <laughs> Hold on. What is the Google Display Network? You tell me. I don't know. It's not like loading. I'm trying to drag this in here. Anyway, I can't pull up the image right now, but oh, here we go. What is the Google Display Ad Network? It's where you're on a blog, right? Like like you're on another website, and then you see an ad for something. It's with the network that yeah. Google has to show ads in. That's that's what it is. It's the opposite. Yeah, so it, it's, like... it's the opposite of Google AdSense, where they put, um, or they call it yeah Google AdSense, where they put ads on your website. It's the well, yeah. So, okay. If, so if you're, if you have a high ticket dropshipping product, um, say you have, you have, you have a, a marble step stool and you want to showcase this, this marble step stool, uh, you go inside of the Google ads platform, you can go on the display network, you can upload a bunch of images and then you can kind of target, um, particular websites or particular demographics. You know, if you're reading a blog, I'm sure we've all seen this, like the ads on the side banners and stuff like that. So for the person selling the product, they're using the Google Ads display network. The blog showing that product would be benefiting from Google AdSense. So we're paying for the impressions and the clicks with the Google display network. The person showing the ads would get paid from Google AdSense. So that's how it works together. Let me ask you that. Let me ask you this, Mike. Are, are how much are we doing in Google Display Ads right now? Are we? What is it in comparison to the rest of our uh, Display Ads traffic? What you mean? The sorry, rest of our sorry. Ads what, traffic? Yeah, the rest of our Google Ads traffic. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Negligible. on top of my game today. I think I need to go make coffee or something. Yeah, I mean, do we have time? <laughs> I don't think we have time. I got. I got a hard stop at uh. At, at noon, at high noon. All right, well, let's, let's keep going. How much are we spending? How much are we spending on? on I don't even probably negligible. One percent. This was something I tried. I tried more in depth on some of our earlier sites that we've been, that we've sold. Um, we've done like display network retargeting, and again, I I think it just sucks. Yeah. Who's clicking? Yeah, I mean, Joe, you we get a lot of money from AdSense. Right. Well, not really from AdSense, but from Display Ad Networks. The AdSense, we get, we actually, AdSense money, yeah, revenue actually kind of sucks, to be honest with you, when you use AdSense itself without. Right. Yes. So, yeah, like like on our blogs, 
you can put in different display networks. So there's like Google AdSense that's showing kind of like the relationship we said, or there's other companies that, uh, I don't know. Could you explain like another company that would do well, that? Well, a company like Mediavine that we use on some of our blogs, they basically conglomerate not only Google AdSense, but um, other companies that want to serve ads. And they, I guess the best way that I understand it, the best way I can explain it is they put them all against each other. And so now say you have a site and it's got an ad slot to, to fill. Everyone that wants to serve an ad is going to be kind of bidding against each other for the, the top spots to fill. So you get a lot more money basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like with, with even using like AdSense, like you were saying, the returns you get from just using AdSense is garbage, which basically means that it's kind of low intent traffic. Like not a lot of people are clicking on the ads. Uh, and I well, think, I think, frankly, it, I think it also depends on your niche because what I will say, course. I think, I think John, when, when we, when we were at, when I was talking to John, like years ago, Dykstra from fat stacks, blog, he told me he used to have like a legal, uh, site with AdSense, and it, it got since you know for lawyers on Google Ads, it's like hundreds of dollars a click. So yeah, if you had a legal blog with AdSense, it would be a crazy amount of uh, clicks. Sure, and I'm sure if we had a life insurance blog or uh, you know something like that, it could probably work out pretty well. But in the case of dropshipping, yeah, it's just for the amount of traffic you get. Um, or the amount of impressions you get. Not a lot of people click. Not a lot of people wind up buying, even with retargeting, Joe. Like we would get some retargeting sales, allegedly. Like Google would report them as uh, sales. Mm -hmm. But it was really nothing that we ever found to be scalable. But you said that the search retargeting uh, is way better, right? Oh, miles, miles ahead. And I mean, we'll get to, you know, Google search, but retarget uh, display ad retargeting would be like you know they they maybe they click on a search ad originally and they find your they're on your website and then maybe now they're reading uh a mom blog and they're gonna see your your uh marble step stool particularly because they were already on your website well, and my... so yeah they're they're a bit more high intent at that point but again i've never found it to be very scalable because like a lot of the time the, the display networks are so bad that it became such a um, an effort to like comb through all the places where my ads were showing, even on retargeting mm -hmm. and like, be like, okay, I don't want my, my ad showing while this person's playing solitaire on their mobile phone <laughs> or playing spider or playing Farmville, whatever. Yeah. And so it's like some of these places it was showing were so stupid that I, I felt like it was just, how am I supposed to scale this? Yeah, right. Well, you know, I'll tell you what. What I see a lot on when I look at the, the sites that, or sorry, the ads that show on our sites, I'm actually just taking a look right now, um, and I don't quite see it this time. But what I usually see and what I've noticed is that it's a lot of like <laughs> it was funny. Uh, I actually, you know, we since there was a, an election recently, during that election time, I was seeing a lot of like localized political ads. So yeah, there's that. And I also feel like it's a lot of impression seeking from big companies. In other words, they're not – they would like if you click. They're not necessarily trying to get you to click, but it's just to get their, the impression of their uh, brand in, in your head. 
Yeah, that actually used to be a um a goal for like Google Ads. Like actually before they had like the AI, you know, like maximize conversions and like stuff like that. Um, you used to be able to be to bid not on clicks but on impressions. Yeah. So you you could bid purely on impressions. Yeah. Uh, with like Google AdWords back in the day, and yeah, I mean that's kind of yeah, it's like a billboard, right? Like no one is really converting right away off a billboard, but you see it a hundred times every day when you go to work. Like, all right, this is in my head now. I'm I'm indoctrinated with this uh whatever this is. If you want to be successful, from what I've observed with display ads, because when you're doing high ticket dropshipping, I think a lot of what you're going to be advertising is is just too boring. Like you're going to be showing a billion pictures of like a marble stool or whatever. But if you want to yeah. like, you know, have something and I don't endorse that you do this, but like if you want to have something that's going to be successful with display ads, it's got to show like a picture of like some weird, like, I don't know, some weird thing. And then like a weird, like, I, I, like, a, like a weird, like food or something or like a weird, like messed up heart. And it's like this one food will kill you. Like click to reveal what it is. And they click over and it's like some like crazy webinar about something. Um, a lot of it I feel like is really taking yeah. advantage of like uh, like the real boomers out there that don't understand this stuff. Wait, what they're clicking on? They think like they're clicking within the uh, the website or something. <laughs> yeah, or you have like some you know ones with like an attractive woman and she's like at a at a slot machine, and it's like casinos casinos uh, don't want you doing this, but they can't stop you. And then it's just this whole – it's just something that's like, oh my god, I have to see what that is. And then it goes on to like a, a salesy, scammy type type thing. But dropshipping ads are like way too boring in comparison to that. Yeah, and that's the problem with dropshipping these products because they're not like that sexy, you know? Yeah. And you don't need to be. You don't need to be. I think that's what, that's what makes it great is that you don't have to worry about creative and – all these stupid media things that I think rely on too much. Uh, that's like a skill. That's like a, that's like a thing you have to learn being good with creating thumbnails. I mean, look at our thumbnails are bad and we, Hey, 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 I no, think I'm our kidding. thumbnails are pretty Josh. good. Sorry, and, Josh. Good. Well, I've, but, made, no, I've, I've been making them lately. Cause I feel like we've been coming on so impromptu, but, Oh, well in any event, no, like it is thing. Something, something like that is actually like a, a real skill that takes, uh, you have to have an eye for it. It takes probably years to develop to run ads, to sell a, a step stool is not that difficult. It's just like simple, low hanging fruits, supply and demand. They're looking for the step stool. You got to show them the step stool. They're going to buy it. Like you don't need any of this uh, other hoopla. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Oh man. I never like do this, but since you got me curious, I like went on to uh, CNN.com. I want to see the ads. Okay. Okay, cool. I'm just looking at some of the paid content like the stuff that like the ridiculous display ads that show up not all of them are that ridiculous so but it's like like, like you could tell no no i'm just i'm just looking at some of the display ads on cnn.com because i wanted to see what would be like effective as a mm. display ad and it's like a lot of roundup stuff like this pillowcase is quickly becoming the must-have blah 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 i feel like the, yeah that could work or, or if you're building a it's a lot of gift stuff here are the 23 coolest gifts for this 2021 i guess because it's the holiday and stuff and then you have a lot of stuff appealing to boomers like the four worst blood pressure meds and then 
here's how to here's how to how to detox your liver and lose weight and it's got a picture of a weird drink and a doctor so this is this is the kind of stuff that probably actually makes money from display ads it's not going to work for for high ticket yeah. drop shipping yeah but what we got know, next joe um i i, I do want to say one more thing about this because i've always i've always found this interesting um about display ads um you have some of these like ridiculous things like if you like 89 celebrities who you won't even recognize them now and then you click over it and it's like a slideshow of like a hundred things and you click over it and it generates another page that's what's actually called display ad arbitrage where you're sending someone to a site with ads but the the ads are spread across like a slideshow of like a hundred pages. So every time you click, it refreshes the impression on the ads. And so you can actually, yes. you know, you pay for uh, whatever, like a, a couple cents to get a click from a display ad. And then, you know, you're showing hundreds of display ads on the other end. Yeah. And um, like John Dykstra, like you said, used to do that back in the day with like Facebook. So you run Facebook ads to his site and just purely make money off the display ads from that. But it would be, you make more off the display ads than it would cost him on Facebook to get the click. Like back when clicks were really cheap and ads were really cheap. So he was able to make an insane amount of money. So off that, cause he could drive so much traffic. Yeah. Sorry. Hopefully I, hopefully we're giving you guys a well-rounded education on uh, the landscape of, of making money online. I, I, sorry. I go off on tangents. I'm just, uh, if there's something, that I think you might find valuable. I try and say it, even though it might not be related to the, the core topic. Anyway, what's next? Yeah, I mean, list? I think, again, people like when you're young, or not when you're young, but when you're inexperienced with dropshipping, like you see all these things around you and it's it's a bit of shiny object syndrome to be like, should I be doing this? Other people look like they're having success with this. Should I do this? So yeah, I hope, I hope uh, people can get some value out of it. Absolutely. So the next, I don't think we talked about this one, Mike. Um, Craigslist. Joe, you screwed up the whole rotation. That Craigslist is like a shit one that was supposed to be near the bottom. Oh, my bad. So let's talk about it. Craigslist Craigslist is like in the Facebook group category for me. Yeah. Yeah, so don't do Craigslist. Craigslist it works okay for uh for land, for hiring employees. But yeah. uh again, drops and we've we've got this as advice, Joe, to put stuff on Craigslist. Yeah. Try and sell, and people are like, yeah, I'm making sales off Craigslist. Da 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 da. Mike, let me ask. And, let, uh, me, let me ask you this. This is an interesting idea. So we talk about map pricing a lot, and yeah. how you know you advertise things online, and you can, with map pricing you can't advertise them below a certain price. But what if you go on Craigslist and do like some sort of advertising where you do, you know, try and sell an item below map, like advertise it below. I mean. The supplier is probably not going to like notice that. What do you what do you think about that idea? I don't know if I if I would recommend that. Yeah, you're saying uh, go on Craigslist to violate map. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I would say maybe, but I think uh, it's a bit of a shady move. Let's uh. Yeah. If, yeah. Hundred percent a shady move. And I don't, 
I don't know if like if you could just capture the audience demand for that that well off Craigslist. Like, I don't. You think of an example of something like no one really shops off Craigslist if they want something new. Yeah. And you'd have you'd have to have it at like a pretty good discount. You know, like ten dollars off map, twenty dollars off map. They can make a, a big difference on Google ads, but in terms of like moving the needle, supply and demand wise, it's not really going to do much. Okay. Point taken. So next we have here, big ads. Turn around our supplier policies, Joe. <laughs> I wouldn't, listen, I wouldn't, I don't um, recommend um, that. Live air. Listen, I'm not going to recommend doing that. I don't like uh, doing things below board. Is that the phrase, below board? Uh, well, yeah, the opposite of above board, I guess. Yeah. Bing ads. What kind of board is it? <sighs> I don't know. That's a good question. What's the, what kind of board is it? <laughs> Um, what do we think about Bing ads? Bing ads. This, this is a common so, question, actually. I hate Bing ads, man. Oh yeah. Why do you? It's only it's only this high up on the list because it does get you sales. Okay. But it's like, what can I compare this to? I don't know. What can I compare this to? Without being politically incorrect. I don't even know where you're going with this. I know. It's it's. <laughs> Okay, so basically they try and just copy Google Ads. Yeah. In terms of the platform, everything, but it's just so terrible. It does not work well. I'll tell you a story. I, I imported um so we've used Google Ads for or sorry, we've used Bing ads for years. Mm-hmm. Really, like since the beginning. And it was something again, we would see people on like forums and stuff and you know talking with random people be like yeah we do so well up bing blah 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 blah. we do better than google and i'm like all right i gotta try this like underground you know like cheaper clicks whatever but the fact of the matter is joe we have to try this across multiple stores it sucks we've gotten sales from it but it the the segmentation screws up all the time like branded non-branded segmentation like the shopping ads you get horrible keywords you're showing up for. It's not cheaper. It's actually probably more expensive for a, a, a much worse buyer pool. I imported because they have this feature now. You can import directly from Google Ads. It'll take all your campaigns, put it on Google or put it on Bing. It took my search ads and you know how we recommend with like match types, um, like phrase match, exact match, stuff like that. It changed it. it Change them all to broad match. Wow. So if you know anything about text ads, broad match means you could basically show up for like any random variation of that, that keyword. Phrase match, exact match. It has to be – has to contain that phrase pretty tightly and not much more. So it's it's always going to be relevant. Broad match, you could show up for like a synonym. They can just completely – use your imagination. They can do whatever. So – you're like, oh, did we spend this much on on Bing ads? And I'm like, oh, probably. And I, I forgot that, you know, I did that. I go in there. We spend so much money on Bing ads, Joe, because of this. For just like totally irrelevant uh, keywords. I was so upset. Yeah, I caught this. I in the, in, I caught this in the QuickBooks, right? Is that what you're talking about? Yes. And uh, yeah, it was all like garbage. Yeah. It was all garbage. But the thing is, I would see, I would see we would get Bing ad sales. I'm like, oh, all right, this is cool. But... Yeah. The amount that we were spending, the conversion tracking sucks. So I don't even know what's happening. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy about it. So don't do it. Again, 
We talked about fruit and then the the height at which it's hanging. Go for the lower hanging fruit on on, on Google Ads, another site on Google Ads before you Big ads might seem like lower hanging fruit, but it's rotten. <laughs> might be some good bits there here and there, but this is not uh don't don't give it to your kids. I'll say that. All right, moving on here. What do we got? Uh very pithy fruit. Um, okay, so we at, now we have now we're at YouTube, YouTube ads. Have we done these enough to to have a good? Let me I'll pull up the image. But have we done these enough to have a good idea of if they're good or not good? Um, we've done them enough that I would I would rank them where I'm ranking them now. So you're ranking them high up. I'm ranking them above above Bing ads and above everything else we've talked about so far. And what kind of ads are we but talking yeah. about here, Mike? Are we talking about retargeting on YouTube? Are we talking about um, you know whole discovery ads? What kind of ads are we talking about on YouTube here? I would say um, both. I think retargeting ads are easier, and we do we do have a module in the course where we talk about retargeting ads. And I think it's pretty. You don't have to do anything like super crazy to um, make it work. Like we've run some like pretty stupid uh, like YouTube retargeting ads that have gotten pretty good cost per conversions historically. And um, I think there's a lot still to be ironed out from Google and like their YouTube uh, YouTube ads platform. A lot of it, a lot of it is still kind of wonky and doesn't perform very well. But um, yeah, I think uh, we've also gotten sales from non retargeting stuff as well. So I think. Have we? I'm putting this up here because I think in the future it's going to be really important. Um, Wait, what do you uh, mean? What again, do you mean I, we've gotten sales from non-retargeting stuff on YouTube? That's what I mean. From an ad or from a video? Like, what do you mean? I don't know what you mean. Because um, from what I have understood. Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. So, right. So, there's YouTube ads um, in the form of like retargeting, or you could do like. Um, like a discovery ad. So people will see like a, you're paying for it, but they'll see like a, a actual video or an in-stream ad. So it's like a 10 second thing or just uh, like Google or sorry, uh, just like an actual video, like sitting there organically. And I mean, Joe, like back in the day, we used to take our supplier videos and just put them up on YouTube. Yeah. And those would get views. Those would get us sales. Would they? I didn't know. I was unaware yeah. of that. Absolutely. And, but Whereas like the difference between putting that up on Facebook or Craigslist or like Pinterest or something is that it would actually, the traffic would be sustainable. The traffic would grow over time. Right. Right. And right. so it'd be consistent video, consistent uh, visitors over time. And that was for not a lot of effort. We were just literally like, copying our suppliers uh, stuff, but now right. we're getting more into like YouTube ads through retargeting through, you know, you could probably even take your suppliers videos and run ads like put them on your website, run ads. And if they're letting you sell their products, they probably don't care that you're doing that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think eventually also it's, it's worth, you know, doing probably videos, even if it's simple, like even if it's, um, we had that guy on over a year ago to talk about like ranking on YouTube for keywords and stuff like that through like really basic videos. And I still believe in that method. I think it could be very, very valuable to people without having to like go crazy with uh, 
having really good production and and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think you again. I think the search intent is is there, so I think that's good. Search intent is there, um, along with the fact that it will give you stable traffic for the long haul if you actually go after search keywords versus like trying to do like more viral stuff. Yeah, because it's just. It's like trying to rank organically on like just Google, but you can provide instead of a blog post, you're just like a video presentation. So cool. All, All right, well good. All right, where are we at? Um, now we're getting towards the real cream of the crop. YouTube, Google. I mean, so I'm just gonna do. Let's just do one Google image to rule them all, and then we can talk about uh the different facets of Google. All right, let's talk about it. Well, this is wrong. Well, while I pull up the image, you could just start talking about Google. <laughs> so I basically, we have three tiers of, of Google that we're gonna talk about. So I would say the, I guess you can say, you can say the worst out of the three but something that we use an awful lot would be Google Shopping. And so this may come as a, as a surprise to people because we talk heavily about Google Shopping, we praise it, um, and you know it's high up on the list, but I would say out of all the possible ways to get traffic on Google, whether it's you know text ads, ranking organically, this actually is comes, it gets the bronze medal. To be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised to hear you say that. Well, I'm going to explain myself. Okay. The problem is with Google Shopping, you can get traffic and the traffic works well. It converts. Again, Joe, this is the top of the list. You should be doing this. We, rec we recommend YouTube. We recommend Google Shopping. We teach it. We talk about it. We love it. But it has its flaws. Okay. And its major flaw is that it is very hard to target by individual keyword. Segmentation is doable but getting very 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 precise is more difficult and so you can get i mean we've run shopping ads for years we've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on shopping ads and for starting out it is it is the best because you could do it immediately because it's pay to play and in the beginning you don't really know what you're going to convert for so it's kind of like a shotgun approach to getting traffic because everything you're going to show up for is more relevant than everything else we've talked about. Um, but you still may have some irrelevant things in there, some things that may not convert, but you will get things that convert. And the cost of doing this is pretty low considering a high ticket dropshipping product. You're showing up, you know, people could see what they're clicking on. They could see the price. And so before they even enter your website, before you even pay the money, there's kind of an agreement there that, this could be possibly what they're looking for. And so on average, cost per conversions on Google Shopping are are pretty good. Not especially not knowing in the beginning what you're going to sell best, what margins you have the what margins are the best, what suppliers are the best. This gives you really the greatest overall view of what to target on, whether it's keywords, whether it's products, etc. Uh, when starting out. Yeah, so it's more of a testing ground than anything else. Yes, it is the best testing ground on the internet by far. But again, some of the flaws are that 
like if you have a custom product or, um, you know, like if you don't have, it doesn't have a SKU, it doesn't have a barcode, you may have some issues showing up. If the brand doesn't have a lot of demand, you may have some issues showing up. If the product itself is um, a bit of a high price point compared to other products in the industry, you may get some irrelevant clicks because people will specifically click it just because it's like such a high price point and they're like, oh, why is it so high? So yeah, it has its, uh, has its drawbacks. You're also competing with a lot of people sometimes. So again, not to say that this is bad and you shouldn't do it. You should, but it has, it has its limitations. Cool. And so next on the list, getting the bronze medal would be text ads, Joe. Bronze? So there's, wouldn't it Sorry, be silver? Getting the silver medal would be text ads. Okay. And so while it's more advanced and maybe it's a little bit more expensive in the beginning, I believe that it's more versatile and you can get better uh, cost per conversions over time with Google text ads. You can target whatever you want. Right. So like you say you do shopping, you find out what keywords work, what keywords people um, actually click on and buy from. You go and you make text ads for these products. Now you can bid exactly on that keyword and you could bid probably a lot more because you're only going to show up for that keyword. Whereas if you bid high on a shopping ad, you're not just showing up for one keyword. You're showing up for a pool of keywords. So you can get a lot more targeted and the more targeted you can get, the more repeatable results you can get. And so the more you can spend, the higher your budget can be and uh, the better results you can get. But I get this takes more time to cultivate to build out, but I believe over the long term, um, and I think this is rung true for a lot of our stores, our text ad budgets begin to eclipse our shopping ad budgets. Yeah, yeah. And that makes sense, your explanation as to why that happens. Yeah, and like, um, you know, say for like a, like a, a jewelry store, right? You're selling expensive jewelry, Sometimes running shopping ads would be pretty hard because, again, these products are like custom. So in this example, you, you're you going to have a hard time showing up for shopping ads. It's just naturally not going to uh, – like Google, shop, the Google shopping algorithm isn't going to give you the clout you need to get traffic quickly. But with text ads, you can you can start showing up immediately. I think it's a bit more versatile for anything, for any product because you just pick the keywords you want and you can show up for them. Yeah. But again, it is harder because you need to know the product or the keywords that are going to work or, you know, may take some more testing, maybe a little bit more expensive per click. So it's a lot more risky. But again, over time, as you start to get sales, as you start to expand out your uh, influence in the industry, I do believe your text ad budgets will exceed your shopping ad budgets. Yeah. So we're running low here on uh, on time, Mike. So what is the gold? What gets the gold medal? The gold medal, Joe, and I'm sure you'll be happy about this, is Google organic search. I'm honestly surprised to hear you say that. Um, I don't know why, but I guess why do you why do you, why do you think it takes it's better than text ads? It's better than text text ads because I think over time, this can get you the most traffic out of anything, which we're seeing in some of our stores. And what's the cost? Um. Not that technically, much. Uh, technically pretty low. You know, you're paying for links. You're paying for the strategy of, of 
improving the uh, the traffic, but the traffic itself is free. So your cost per conversions on this are going to be spectacular. Yeah, especially in the long run, obviously. Yeah, in the long in the long run, even if you're paying like, how much does a blog post cost, Joe? I would say thirty to a hundred dollars. So you're paying thirty to a hundred dollars for something that once it ranks should stay should stay there for a pretty long amount of time. We'll get traffic basically for the long haul unless there's some weird update. And so the the cost per conversion becomes almost nothing. Yeah. So that's why it takes number one in my book because over time it can eclipse your text ad traffic. It can eclipse your shopping ad traffic and it will have the best cost per conversion. Amazing. Well said. Thank you. So let's get to the questions. I know you said you have a hard cutoff, but we have Mr. Amir Muhammad. What about YouTube ads? What about YouTube ads in caps? We, we talked about, we covered this. You're going to have to go back and rewatch. I'm sorry. Cause we're, we're getting to the end here. Martin George says, Google is Mario and Bing is Luigi. Hey, don't hate no, on Bing, is, Bing isn't even Luigi. <laughs> so what Bing is Bing is like Waluigi. <laughs> but Waluigi is usually your best character, Mike. I know. I love Waluigi. <laughs> uh, I, maybe he's Wario or something. Yeah. Derek Portier. I don't know if that's like a French name, Portier. Hey, guys. I sent y'all an email. Email emoji. I asked a Dave Ramsey Dave Ramsey s question. Uh, well, let's see when you sent this email. <laughs> Sorry, you know, we need someone answering our emails. It's hard because people like address it to us. And uh, anyway, I mean, does he want us to read the email live for him? But. I don't know. I've just pulled it up, but, but basically I'll, I guess I'll answer the email, but basically says I currently make 6.1 K a month as a nurse in California. Uh, he's in the hole for a personal credit for debt, credit card debt for 10 K in my my personal checking account. He also has, he has 10 K also in a smaller hole with a business credit card for about three K. I do have an LLC, but not operating business of any kind. So basically his question is, should he pay off all debt before joining the elite fleet or should I look into a credit card uh, limit increase on my business credit card? I'm all in with this high ticket drop shipping business model. I already have looked into niches and suppliers. Uh, Well, I think ideally you really want to get rid of that that 13K you have for for expanding your limits and then not paying it. But it seems like with your your six – 0.1 0.1k a month i don't know how that pans out in california but it seems like you can get rid of the 13k in, in the hole pretty quickly so i don't know i would just get rid of it and then join honestly i don't want to think it's going to be yeah difficult. dave ramsey would have a fit if you heard that i i think really this is how a lot of people get taken advantage of like there's a lot of like high ticket sales stuff out there where the salespeople will like get you some sort of uh credit first and then sell you on like some super expensive thing. So that, cause then they, now that they know you can afford it, they got you that credit line, whatever. I've heard of and, stuff you know, like that. We're, we're not that, we're not that type of uh, those types of guys. Just, just get rid of that stuff first, man. You don't want to be playing with the snakes. Just... Yeah. I mean, there's no, it's just, I, 
I really hate having, like, I really hate, you know, being responsible for debt. Like it's, it's a bad feeling. And I feel like, because your motivation, yeah. keep in mind that your motivation is also going to waver up and down. And when you're in those low points of motivation, like you don't want to have, oh, I need to pay more stuff like weighing on you. Like it's better to just have it cleared off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be making decisions from that, that level where you're now doubling down on your debt to try and get out of your debt. Like, yeah, it's not, it's not the right direction to go in. Uh, Ron Koch says it's past 12. Thank you. <laughs> My personal alarm clock. Mr. Ron. Hey guys. A, I, yeah, I said hard stop, but it's really it's a, a soft stop. A soft, soft stop. <laughs> yeah. Hi guys. I was wondering. Oh yeah, this guy emailed too. Sorry. When I see like a really long email, it's really hard. So if you're gonna email us, please send us a, a short email. Because <laughs> we got a lot. We got a lot going on. We just finished filing our taxes. Yeah, emails are. You know, listen, we got to we got to give priority to the people that are that are paying us. Right. This is we come on here. We we BS and it winds up being our uh, customer service desk. Yeah. No, I I, I would honestly rather people ask questions on the live stream than than email unless whatever. Yeah. But this guy asks, is it worth um, doing it in Spain? uh, High ticket drop shipping. Um, In other words, because it's a small market, he's asking, is it worth to try it? I mean, we've never done it in Spain. I, I We've seen success in a lot of countries, just, you know, like the UK and things like that. So I would, the methods are universal. So yeah. I would give it a try. And I'm sure you could sell to the whole EU and, and whatever. So I don't know. It's hard to answer, but the, everything we talked about today about intent and searching that applies no matter which country you're in. Getting suppliers might be a little bit, a little bit different if you're in a different country. But um, if there's a will, there's a way. That's all I'll say. Yeah, and it's, it's okay to you know do it all. Make a Spain store, make a USA store, make a UK store. Why yeah. not? Yeah, I can't come in with the guarantees that, that, that every country is going to be ideal for high-ticket dropshipping. But what I can say with extreme confidence is that the methods – work no matter where you are yeah because of everything we've talked about gabriel said what about google indexing tiktoks that's not even how tiktok operates well i, I think tiktoks can can create like a like a separate page right you can get a tiktok indexed i guess but there's not gonna be i don't know i would need to see an example of like a tiktok actually ranking for yeah, some sort of short tail or like decent long tail term before so, I. Uh, well, we could look in Ahrefs and see. Uh, I think I think a TikTok would be. Uh, I think a YouTube video would be more easily rankable for something like that, and you could target it a lot easier. When we were talking about it before, like you you do the keyword research, you make a quick presentation video, or hire someone to do it. You put it on YouTube, bam, it's gonna rank organically on youtube and that youtube video may rank organically uh on google so it's much more predictable yeah oh man i just went to tiktok.com so i could i wanted to see their domain so i could plug it into ahrefs oh man they have 57 57.6 million organic traffic according to ahrefs over 21 million organic keywords indexed 
let's see what this is. So <laughs> their most most of this is coming from their homepage because millions and millions of people search TikTok. So yeah, that's one of their highest pages. I'll tell you, I logged on to TikTok.com and there's this like cute little Asian girl dancing and I could tell she's got a face filter on. I'm like, what is she going to do next? Let me, uh, let me watch this, but now I'm just going to close it instead. Um, do you guys have a Google ads course? Yes. It's in our uh, drop shipping course. Can you give a shout out to Brittany Spears? Shout out Brittany Spears. She's free. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm just looking at the the pages that are indexed by Google in Ahrefs. It seems like a lot of like people searching for like TikTok pages, like Vinny Hacker, Goth Egg. A lot yeah, of so, okay, that's everything. So, well, all right, Joe. Um, we got to run. I think, I think my soft stop is is coming to. Uh, it's getting hard. It's a screeching uh, halt. All right. It's almost 1210. All right. What else is there to say? We've said it all. No one cares anymore. But, uh, yeah, we've gone through the chats. But yeah, I, I should probably get going. All right. So, where can they find us, Joe? Buildassetsonline.com slash playbook. Buildassetsonline.com slash playbook. Free course. Stuff we actually do. None of these stupid traffic things. Only things that work. And... As always, take it easy. Thanks for listening to the Build Assets Online Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget, subscribe, share, and leave us a rating on whatever platform you might be listening from. And if you're ready to learn how to build your own online business portfolio, start now by visiting buildassetsonline.com slash playbook. We'll see you in the next episode.